And there's intimacy on the radio, and there's naturalness on the radio that can never be replicated on TV. The marvelous resurgence of radio as a political force in this country. News-related radio programming is evolving. There's a huge hole in our dialogue that can be filled by the synthesis of traditional radio and the freedom that comes from a live podcast. You're about to experience Cowboy State Politics Live. Here we go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another powerful episode from very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media. This is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. That's right. Good morning, my friends. This is Cowboy State Politics, documented to be almost always right 98.8% of the time. There's not any other media outlet that can claim that number. Uh, The difference is mine is true. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to Wyoming's most listened to political podcast. I've got a great show planned for you. The theme of today's program is that the truth always prevails. We are overloaded with messages from the mainstream media. And we, frankly, my friends, we don't know what is true and what is not. I mean, it it, it would be helpful to know what the definition of true is. You know, we hear all the time, well, that's your truth. It's my truth. It's their truth. But my friends, there's only one truth with a capital T. And we all know what that is. That's the word of God. Now, there are other things in our world that we can say are true or factual or, or you know, uh, anything like that. And what is a fact? A fact is something that is verifiable, that you can't debate, that you can't argue with. It just is. That the sky is blue and sometimes in Wyoming, the grass is green. Those things, there's no, there's no need to, to debate any of those things. There's no need whatsoever. But yet we are compounded with messages from the from the mainstream media as to and and it almost seems like it doesn't seem they are trying to alter our perception of what is true. And then you throw in the mix what they are calling artificial intelligence, CGI created images and videos. And you don't frankly, frankly, you don't know what is true and what is not. So. On today's program, we're going to talk about several things that are true. Some of the things that the media is trying to uh, uh, make you believe are true. And and so we're going to talk about it. And I've got a great guest for the program. He hasn't been on the program in, in quite some time, but he's a very dear friend of mine. Um, and he's going to be joining us for the entire hour. So my guest for today's program is Joey Carenti. Joey was the is the former chairman of the Carbon County Republican Party, and he's kind of been off doing his own thing recently. But uh, I guess Joe, welcome to the program. Well, good morning, David Iverson, and I'm happy to be coming to you live from the base of Elk Mountain in the heart of rural Wyoming, Saratoga, temporarily ensconced behind my barbed wire and barnwood microphone. More than a pleasure to be here with you and your audience this morning. <laughs> the base of Elk Mountain. You know, I once got stuck on the top of Elk Mountain, Joe. It wasn't a very ple- pleasant experience. Well, you need to be careful there, David, because if you ever say you were on the top or near the top of Elk Mountain, you might have a corner crossing case coming your way because it is terribly difficult to get up there. Ah, corner crossing. Yet, yet another thing that we've been led to believe is true or not true. Well, Joe, it's been a long time since you've been on the program, so why don't you just take a minute or two and tell tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Well, um, 
Again, my name is Joey Carrenti. I've also been known in the past as GOP Joey. Uh, I was the former chairman of the Carbon County Republican Party, did that job for about five years. Uh, previously state committee man out in Albany County before I retired. And I spent about five or six years working on actually building a grassroots uh, procedures and, and networking across the Republican Party which we had a great deal of success with over the last five or six years, as you've seen, and probably leads into what we're going to be talking about today. The people who are in the positions that represent and administer the government on our behalf don't like the fact that the people have started to reclaim their own power at the grassroots level. And I think the best example of that uh, before it got to a certain limit was the grassroots effort to hold Representative Cheney, former Representative Cheney, accountable for her actions against the Constitution and the will of the people, not for anything she said, said or did to specifically hurt Donald Trump. Well, and, and just for the audience knowledge, you know, you'll, on the program, you'll frequ frequently hear me say, by the way, it's been 872 days since we've heard, since, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, since Liz Cheney talked to Wyoming Republicans. And it was actually Joey Carrenti that got me going on that, although I haven't looked at the numbers for, for a long time because we got rid of her. Yeah, um, before it mattered, that number mattered because she was in a position where her job was to represent, to represent us. Now that number, number doesn't matter anymore because she's back where she belongs in Virginia, uh, officially not representing us and not getting paid to pretend to represent us. So the number doesn't matter anymore. And she can misteach whatever student she has in that liberal uh, university out there their way. And we will continue to try to run Wyoming properly our way without her help or hindrance. Uh, so just to give everyone kind of a roadmap of what we're going to do during this uh, this morning's broadcast is we're going to kind of be jumping around a little bit. I've got a number of articles and a ton of sound bites for everybody to listen to. And where I want to begin is Tucker Carlson. Just about every pundit has sounded off on their thoughts of Tucker leaving Fox. Uh, frankly, from my position, uh, I'm glad he did. Um, I've been becoming increasingly disillusioned with Fox News for quite some time. And really, the only reason that I ever watched it, um, I mean, in the last six months, was to watch Tucker Carlson. And now that now that he's gone, I see no reason to uh, to put up with their ever increasing liberal bent on the world. So uh, the first thing I'd like to do is just play you um, his message that he put out a day or two ago, um, talking about why, you know, not exactly why he left Fox, but talking about real things, truthful things. Here it is. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. 
At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. So, Joe, thoughts on what Tucker had to say? Well, first of all, I I have to prep your audience. Um, I stopped listening to national media in early 2020, just as the pandemic was really, you know, taken off and, and being forced down our throats. So I agree with him that once you step away for a while, uh, you really realize how stupid some of these things are. And again, that same process happened as I stepped away uh, in October before the last election from the uh, um, Carbon County Republican Party representation at the state level. I'm not saying that they always have, you know, pointless and stupid arguments, but there's a different perspective and you see how much time and energy is wasted on emotional pleas, social arguments that have nothing to do with principles, processes, or procedures that actually govern the way we function in America or in Wyoming. So I really didn't have a whole lot of experience listening to Tucker Carlson. I heard people loved him. And I think there's two different types of people. And you get this the same thing with with the Trump uh, love, is there's people that love what he's doing and understand what he's saying, how he's saying it, the processes and procedures, and the people that just love him because he thumbs his nose at certain groups that they don't like. So I don't think we're going to lose Tucker Carlson. I think Fox is going to lose Tucker Carlson. And because there are now, like your show, alternate ways of reaching the people at the grassroots level without having a major corporation behind you, we're still going to have the benefit of of his ideas and, and, and access to him. And in fact, you know, it's inspired me to try to start a project that's, you know, kind of similar and uh, make sure that the people are getting access to the truth and have the opportunity to actually understand it and engage with it, not just run off emotionally because they heard a bullet point about somebody they don't like and they'll argue without any evidence. Well, and I, I completely agree with you. And he said something that's very, very important. And I mean, everybody needs to, to remember and understand it is that when you start saying true things, if you start speaking the truth, you have power. I mean, and that is, I mean, that's the reason why I started this program is I was sick and tired of being lied to by the Wyoming media. And I've got a couple of examples of that, which we're going to get to probably after the break. But, you know, when you, when you start speaking the truth, sometimes like things that people don't want to hear, you become powerful and you're a threat to whatever establishment that you're working in. But the only way that you can really be successful is if you pull yourself out of, you know, whatever media narrative that you've been living in. You know, it seems to me that you, uh, when you watch cable news and you read the the cow pie and the Pravda on the plat and, uh, you know, major media sources, though, I might argue that the last two weren't exactly major media, but um, you, you're just you just become inundated with the messages that they're they're spewing. And most of them are not true. Um, so when you pull yourself out and you start speaking the truth, I mean, you'll hear you're, you'll hear the phrase a lot. Speak truth to power. And. I mean, there's. I, I think that it's overused, um, but it's absolutely the truth. If you're able to do that, if you have the courage and if you're brave enough to stand up and say, these things are not true, you have power. And there is nothing that is more threatening to the left um, than the truth. So where I'd like to start, Joe, is an article from the Pravda on the Platte. I love that. So the article is entitled GOP bars trans lawmaker move to keep her from chamber comes after a day of protest. Now, your first clue that this article is bullcrap. Well, your first clue is that it comes from the Red Star. Uh, But your second clue is that in the very title, it says move to keep her. It is a biological fact that a man cannot become a woman. I mean, the plumbing isn't the same, and it doesn't matter what type of alterations you make to your body. um, It is absolutely physically impossible for a man to become a woman. From the article, and I quote, 
Republicans in Montana's House of Representatives voted Wednesday to ban a Democratic transgender lawmaker from the chamber, following her support for protesters who shut down the body's proceedings earlier that week. Representative Zoe Zephyr of Missoula will still be allowed to vote remotely, but will not be allowed to access the chamber, anteroom, or gallery under the, under the party line vote 68 to 32, which was taken by the House. The Democrats were united against the motion, while Republicans were in favor. So, Joe, what do you think of uh, the what you've heard thus far? I think it's being addressed correctly because, and and a lot of people have a hard time looking at it in its foundational, you know, setup. That is a member of a group that has rules. If those rules are violated, and you're a sworn member. The rules also say that the body has, you know, that we have the same thing in Wyoming. The body has the right to remove a member. In fact, the only person that can remove a member of our House of Representatives or our Senate is that body. You know, it's really on them if um, it's a procedural vote based on actual policy, fine. If it's a, a an emotional vote based on social engineering, then, then we have a problem. And I think that's where the Democrats are going wrong is – as long as you fit this mold and this definition of these characteristic data points that we want, you can do no wrong. And that's not accountability. So in this case, if those are the rules, either the rules need to be changed or we need to stop playing games with identity politics and actually get back to doing the work of the people. Here, here. And we'll we'll get to what the Pravda on the Plat says is going on with this after the break. But first, an absolutely obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is your source for fair, true journalism in the state of Wyoming. I know it's crazy to think that the most conservative state in the country only has one really conservative news outlet, and you're listening to it. Now, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that thinks that you're informed because you pay attention to the Wyoming press, well, what you need to do is go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself and find out that you've been wrong all along. Yeah, I know. It's probably going to hurt your feelings, but sometimes that's necessary. Just ask the Redcoats. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. You know, the program you're listening to right now. I cover mostly national issues on the Thursday program. You know, the stuff that we don't get to at other points during the week. You can find the link to the live program at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So check out all the Cowboy State Politics episodes every single week. And now, back to the program. And I quote, the rally and subsequent protest. By the way, there was a giant protest in the Montana House of Representatives, and it basically took over the House of Representatives. Now, this representative in question um, grabbed a blowhorn and started and started participating in the protest. Here's what the article says. The rally and subsequent protest were held in response to Republicans in the House preventing Zephyr from speaking on the House floor for several days after comments she made last week. The freshman logmakers had told representatives a week ago that they should, quote, be ashamed for voting in favor of a bill that would ban some gender-affirming care for transgender minors. She also told them that they would have blood on their hands to do so, for doing so. My objection to this article is not what is printed. It's it's how they printed it. They lead you to believe that this this 
person, this representative, is just being persecuted because she was she was opposed to that bill. The truth is, all she had to do was apologize, and she would still be allowed on the House floor. Like like uh, Joey Carrenti said before the break, everybody has rules, and if you don't follow them, all that is required is a two thirds vote. So, Joe, we've had we've had a couple of instances. Um, in the in the Wyoming legislature, where that's happened, and we're we're going to talk about them in a little bit more detail later on in the program. Um, but we had Representative Steve Harshman who dropped an f bomb. Um, we had uh, Carly Provenza her, who uh, you know uh, put out that tweet that saying we had to protect trans people from bish- uh, bigots and fascists. Um, in your opinion, Joe. Um, in in a context of Wyoming, what do you think ought to have happened to uh, those two representatives, Harshman and Provenza, or do you think that it was handled appropriately? Well, first, let's be fair uh, and be all inclusive. Remember, Representative Chip Nyman did say "damn" or "hell" or he said "crap." Else. Crap. Okay, there you go. And he was readily and immediately reprimanded and made to apologize, unlike. The other two representatives you're speaking of now eventually they did apologize but unfortunately it was eventually it was a political move at a certain point um how those representatives handled what they said and steve harshman didn't just drop an f-bomb he cast aspersions upon the current secretary of state about sexual orientation as a negative thing so i can't believe the left wasn't more outraged by that as far as procedurally how it was handled I think we have seen and we are seeing now, and especially with the emergence of this ethics committee within management council, that these things have continued to happen. They have not been handled properly. Otherwise, they wouldn't need this special committee. Um, And we need to be very wary about who goes on this committee and what their charge and their uh, duty and especially their limitations are, because I think they're just going to find a way to formalize dismissing abhorrent actions of people they like but have enough rules in there to still be able to burn down chip nyman for saying crap yeah and the thing the thing about representative nyman is he apologized even though i don't think in my opinion he didn't need to but he apologized almost immediately like he he was at the mic said the word crap however ridiculous that is and then a couple speakers later he was back at the mic saying oops i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that and you know the whole the whole chamber kind of laughed about it a minute, but it was handled immediately. And the problem with with these other instances, Harshman and Provenza, is they weren't they weren't dealt with expeditiously. I mean, they were kind of left to uh, uh, to kind of smolder for a while. So let's move on from the uh, from the Montana House and let's talk about Wyoming a little bit. Uh, from the from the cow pie in an article written by Trotsky Leo Wolfson entitled. Douglas Sheep Rancher Frank Moore to run against Frank Ethorn to lead the state Republican Party. And I quote, that ca- that's kind of my strong suit, working with people in non-confrontational ways and bringing them together, he told the Cowboys State Daily. Skip a couple paragraphs, quote, I think the leadership style that I would bring to the Republican Party would give people an opportunity to visit with me and see whether whether they wanted to come back, he said. Quote, I think I can bring this party back together. That's really why I stuck my head out for this thing. Uh, I think he says neck. You notice a particular refrain. Bring this party back together. Now the next sentence is really important, and this is this is the main one of the main reasons why Leo Wolfson earned the nickname Trotsky because he never tells the truth, hardly ever tells the truth. "Quote: The Wyoming Republican Party is highly fractured, consisting of a majority that have supported Ethorn in the past and prefer a more rigid adherence to the platform. A growing minority prefers a quote big tent approach to management of the party, embracing a wider range of views and interpretation." of the Republican platform, end quote. So, Joey, is the Republican Party fractured, as highly fractured as Trotsky says? Well, if we're talking about the Republican Party as far as the state central committee or the county central committees of the actual functional party, there are some 
sides that have been taken. And now people have to remember there is almost no connection until just recently between the party of the people at the state and county level and the Republican majority legislature. As soon as they get elected, most of them don't pay attention to us. Only recently has that changed. But I will say yes. And it started at about 2012 when grassroots people really started to get involved with the Republican Party kind of as a misstep. Once Ron Paul was involved and these true liberty-minded concepts that apply to conservatism really started to take hold, people started to wake up. And in the Wyoming Republican Party in 2016, we completely revamped the platform and took it from a multi-page document that you really can't, you know, get any traction with down or to understand yeah, <laughs> bullet point fundamental timeless truths and principles that are unarguable and the beauty of this system is you have an opportunity to address and change it every two years uh through the convention process and i would say by the end by the time we've passed new bylaws and uh platform um at the convention state convention at least 60,000 Wyoming Republicans have touched it, been involved with it, contributed to it, and had their elected representatives and delegates go to the next level and fight for those ideals. So even the ones that say, oh, we, we don't completely agree with it, seem to fail to have any input that actually functionally changes it. And it's not recent. You know, we're in 2024. The major change that brought our platform and the Republican Party to what it is now happened in 2016. And a lot of the people that argue with us about how the party presents itself, conducts business, are people that were intimately involved in the development of the current platform, at least in its uh, format, if not its content. I think we've only added three or four planks in the last eight years. Well, and from my perspective, I don't think that there's really anything on that list on the party platform that pretty much I don't I don't know I might I might go so far as to say 80% of Wyoming citizens um, would agree with it. I mean I don't think there's one thing on there that you could show, you know, any any uh normal by normal I mean average everyday Wyoming citizen and that they would say heck no I don't agree with that. Um and and I say all the time on the program that the vast majority of Wyoming is conservative. That if you go to all these small towns where I live in Buffalo or where you you live, Joey, most people, I mean, I'm not going to say that they believe in exactly the same thing, but on the big principles, yeah, we're, we are, you know, pretty united and that there really isn't this giant fracture um, at, uh, uh, at the state level. The sta Hold on just one more thing and then um, I'll, uh, I'll have you chime in. At the state level, what is there, 71, 72 votes total and... I mean, the conservatives hold a decisive majority. I mean, isn't that right, Joe? Depending on how you look at it, and this may be where the concept of the fracture comes from, is nobody anywhere in America doubts that Wyoming is a massively Republican state. But that doesn't mean, and this is proved out in our uh, legislative you know, vote review, that just because it's heavily Republican doesn't mean it's in any way conservative. It's gotten more conservative recently, but still not enough to be effectively liberty-minded, constitutionally conservative. We have individuals, and you know what? They might really be Republicans. We may have gotten it wrong in saying, you know what? We're something else. But so many people are so busy fighting over the title Republican that they forget the virtues and values, regardless the of principles. what the amendment yep. is. And we have the same problem, and this is not an aspersion to the people. The power lies with them. But I have a lot of people that will agree with the platform until it affects their personal life or their professional life. And then they'll, well, you know, we need this program or this tax subsidy to do. Well, I don't believe you can compromise principles. I don't believe liberty and the American dream are supposed to be easy or handed to you, or that just because something is available means it should be available and we should continue to do it. A lot of things have been done wrong for a very long time, and we have to operate within that broken system to repair it, but we have to start doing it based on principle. And it's okay if the rhinos win and become the Republican Party because those of us who leave 
we leave with the principles of conservatism. And I'd much rather be a liberty-minded constitutional conservative than be seen as a Wyoming Republican, especially based on the outcome of our Republican majority legislative votes. Exactly. I couldn't I couldn't have said it better myself. Now, after the after the bottom of the hour break, um, I want to go into this a little bit further and talk about the actual makeup of the legislature. And it's it's going to perhaps prove our theory. If you've lived in Wyoming for any length of time, you know that that white stuff is not done flying around even though it's April. You are still, on occasion, going to have to get out and shovel the walk. And at other times, it might be 70 degrees and you'll have to go out and start getting the yard ready. Either way, you need to take care of your feet while you're doing it. The Buffalo Wool Company makes the most amazing socks that I've ever worn. They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer, and they have a wide variety of different socks. They've got some crew socks for if you wear tennis shoes or all the way up to boot socks. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside during this Wyoming spring, you should probably be wearing a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and take care of those feet of yours, because they certainly take care of you. As you no doubt are keenly aware, I'm a fan of just about any Wyoming company. Just about, I said. And one of them you should really check out is New Trend Hats. They're a company that's based in Kemmerer. They make those hats with a really cool ponytail hole on top of them. And right now they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. Being as cold as it is, you definitely don't want your ears to get cold either. So go check out New Trend Hats. I'm sure you'll find one to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. And now, back to the program. By this time, most of you, if not all of you, have got your property tax bill for this year. And if you're anything like me, the top of my head came off. My family's personal or property taxes went up about 26%, a huge amount. And I've seen, I've seen numbers that are much larger than that. Now, if you're, if you're around the Sheridan area tomorrow, that's the 28th of April, uh, Bill Dents, who's the founder of the Equality State Taxpayers Association, is going to be having a property tax discussion um, at the Ramada Inn from 6 to 9. So if you're around Sheridan or Buffalo and you really want to want to hear what can be done about our property taxes or maybe just listen to some ideas, it's at the Ramada Inn from 6 to 9 and it's hosted by the Equality State Taxpayers Association. Before the break, we were talking about the makeup of, of Wyoming politically, whether it's a conservative state or whether it's, it's a more liberal one or maybe it's, it's evenly split down the middle. And I think that we have to look at the le- the makeup of the legislature to get a to get a fuller picture of this. Now there's 62, and I'm you know I'm going to speak specifically about the House because it's a better example of what you and I are talking about, Joey. But in the House there are 62 representatives. 26 of those are conservatives. Um, if you you hear me talk about all of these ratings websites on the program all of the time because they're illustrative of what we're going to talk about. According to Evidence-Based Wyoming, other than the 26 conservatives, the rest of the members of the House of Representatives vote with the Democrats an, eight, an average of 85% of the time. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but if you're 85% of anything, it kind of means you're that thing like uh, a Democrat. Thoughts, Joey? Well, I won't disagree with the, the the thrust of what you said, but I've always had an issue with uh, evidence-based Wyoming because it says how often a Republican votes with a Democrat, and there's there's problems with that on on multiple sides. One of them being there are bills that have nothing to do with you know conservative or liberal values you know one of my favorite ones was when the legislature voted to make the jackalope the official mythical creature of wyoming that's really not a partisan issue 
So uh, well, I think it might be. <laughs> you know, I wasn't there for those debates. I just know that uh, in my previous races, that was one of the only votes that my supposedly Republican opponent uh, voted on that I agreed with was, yeah, why are we even wasting the time? Of course, that's good. Let's move on. Um, so, but what I do like about evidence-based Wyoming and a lot of these ones is that I, not so much the outcome or the way the comparison's done, but there is access to research that simplifies what Wild Ledge barely trickles out to us. And Doug Gerard's done a great job. I'll give him all the credit in the world. He's a fantastic researcher and he produces these spreadsheets where you can look at certain bills based on their content, based on their number, or certain legislators, and will take you to the vote breakdowns from the time the bill was introduced in committee, all, if that uh, legislator voted on it in committee, through all the amendments and all the readings on the floor and what the ultimate outcome was and what that individual legislator's contribution to that bill was. And what I like about that is if you take away whatever he says the percentage or the comparison is as the final answer and you do your real homework, which is, I think, our real problem, people are taking somebody else's answer and not looking at the research. But you will come up with whether evidence-based Wyoming says this, while Rhino says that, what you believe to be true with quantifiable evidence one way or another, and most of the time, the numbers come out the same across the rating systems and in any true conservative's mind when they look at the actual data. We have a problem, and people are selling the voters one thing and going out and doing it a different way when they're in the legislature. I just don't think we should be saying, oh, this group says this, so this person is bad. You have to have a way to back up your argument. And again, Doug Gerard puts together a research product that's easy to use easy to access and if you have the time to read through the actual votes and educate yourself you will come up with the right answer for you and your beliefs which is mostly conservative people just don't know because they don't do the homework exactly right and you know there's there's a number of there's a number of these different rating sites um and they all give you different information now doug gerard's site um it just gives you the raw data of okay this is how often they side with mike yin the Democrats, Democrat. This is how often they side with Mark Jennings, who is arguably one of the more uh, conservative members of the House of Representatives. So it's just raw data. Um, the other sites like Wyo Rhino, um, they cherry pick 10 bills and they decide whether the bill is conservative or not. And then they rate everybody according to how they voted on that bill. Um, and then there's uh, then there's Wyo vote. And that's something entirely different. They kind of do the same thing as while rhino but it's every single roll call vote and so it's they're all rated according to basically the republican party platform um and it's it's fair and we've even you know the um i've even been told by the folks that run while vote that they've had democrats contact them saying hey thank you for doing this rating site it shows it shows how liberal i am which I mean, you know, we always tend to think, at least on this program, that the world revolves around conservatives, but there's a distinct portion of the population that they're liberal and they want to know who the most liberal member of the legislature is. So I think as long as um, you understand what the data is showing you um, and that you do your own homework and that you understand um, what the message is, I mean, I, I think that, that that gives you a fuller picture of, you know, what... Uh, what your elected representative is doing in Cheyenne. Uh, exactly. And what you said earlier about there is no good data or bad data. There's true data and there's untrue data. So even if it shows somebody is something we don't agree with, at least it's doing it honestly. And unfortunately, the problem we have in Wyoming, and I'm glad some of the Democrats appreciate it. In fact, if it's a discernible tool that focuses on actual data, the Democrats should be happy because it should show how liberal they are. Unfortunately, what it's showing is how liberal a lot of our staunch traditional Republicans are, and they have no legitimate answer because you can't argue true data. And the source of that data is actually the state website where you can mine it out yourself. Go and look at WildEdge, pull up the bill, look at all the votes. They cannot argue. They can, you know, shuffle around and say, oh, well, there is an amendment. But the bottom line is they don't vote in line with true conservative principles, but they still try to run as true conservatives. They lie. <laughs> so let's talk. Um, let's kind of take this a step further. Now, I've got I'm looking at an article here from 2022. 
And it's, it's entitled, it's from uh, KTVQ in Montana. It's entitled, uh, Expert Says Cheney Loss Shows Fractured GOP in Wyoming. So that was from, you know, uh, well, roughly, roughly, well, almost exactly a year ago. And we've heard this narrative for a very long time. And if you just if you just search, like go to a search engine and type in Wyoming GOP, you're going to come up with a number like pages and pages of articles that say fractured GOP. <clears throat> so it's it's a narrative that the media is trying to push. And it's not it's not dissimilar than a lot of the other narratives we're hearing uh, from the media, you know, about all of this gender ideology and transgender stuff. Um, but how to, in your opinion, Joe, and you mentioned a little project um, that you're talking about, but like, how do you counter the media narrative that you know is not telling you the truth? I mean, where do you go? Well, you got to start at the grassroots level. You know, I don't need anybody from New York or Washington, D.C. or California telling me how I feel or my community feels here in South Central Wyoming. Um, the thing about political parties, or as the founders called them, factions, is they're supposed to be based on community. And one of the things we've lost, I think, over the last couple decades is the true sense of community and connection. Everybody comes up with an answer they're comfortable with in their mind, and they think it makes them one thing or another. And I call it titles over brands. Brand is something that you ride for because it's got you know, principle and legacy behind it. A title is a thing you're just trying to use to get through or become part of, or, you know, with sports team, it's whoever's geographically closest to you all of a sudden, you know, we're supposed to be Broncos fans, I guess. I don't know. So as far as fractures go, uh, I think it's just a lot of misconception about how the processes work when a political party or a elected representative supporting the ideals and principles how they're interpreted, how, how they actually play out, and how they come across people um, that say, well, you know, I agree with, I think I'm a Republican, and I agree with this, but I don't like that guy, so I'm going to disagree, and that does cause some fractures, but ultimately the problem is it became so easy, in fact required, that if you want to win an election in Wyoming that you carry the Republican title, and there was no requirement to ride for the, the Republican or the conservative brand. So now we have a functioning one-party system that doesn't adhere to the principles of that party. And I really believe the answer is education, involvement at the grassroots level, and a couple of steps that probably need to be taken legislatively to reinvigorate and develop stronger Democrat Party a stronger libertarian party, a stronger constitution party, because unless we have a place to properly reside while we have differing views, it's exactly what they say. It looks like infighting. It looks like fracturing. No, we just have too many other teams in the same locker room. And so it's going to look bad. And the one thing that gets, and it's really sad, the one thing that gets ignored, misused and, and mistreated is the principles of the party everyone says they're a part of. Exactly. Now, uh, there, there's a guy in Buffalo. His name is Greg Haas. Um, he's a Democrat. I think he's the head of the Democrat Party in, in Johnson County. Well, he started an effort to reinvigorate, um, restart, however you want to put it, uh, Democrat parties in varying counties. And there was an article in, I think it was over like Newcastle area, um, but there's a Democrat party that has literally been defunct for several years and they just restarted it. And it's a fascinating article. I'll, I'll try to find it again and post it on the website. Um, but this guy, Greg Haas, he's been going to different counties and saying, listen, you know, it, it, it serves us to have a strong Democrat party. You know, we have differing views um, and, you know, it, it actually makes for a more robust debate and it, it helps people out to determine who these people are. Um, and, you know, I'm going to try to have him on the program just to talk about how how it would actually help the entire state if we had a stronger Democrat party. Uh, I would agree. And I think the step, you know, the Democrats have to develop their decide their own way how they're going to develop those parties. I remember over the last election cycle, um, even their state chairman said, we're going to abuse this system and try and prove the crossover voting whether it has an effect or not is of interest and it really it molests the system and why the state is involved 
with private organizations like political parties and doing our election business for us at a cost to the taxpayer, but telling the other half, the two smaller parties, not only can you not, but it is illegal for you to participate in the same process. I think that's a violation of the Wyoming constitutional protection for political equality. So what we need to do, separate it out, let the parties figure out what they are, get out of partisan primaries, um, allow Title 22 to remain a functional process, not a political thumb on the scale for what we think. And guess what? We might lose. We have to accept the reality that we might lose. But I'm telling you, as a veteran of insurgent wars over the last 20 years, I've been out there. I've seen it. I'd much rather do honorable battle with an enemy that stands across from me in their own uniform fighting for what they believe than being worried about who's tossing a grenade into the tent on our side. Exactly right. After the break, we're going to switch gears yet again um, and talk about another narrative that all of us are being inundated with. Do you like hot wings? Well, if you don't, what the heck is wrong with you? Well, my friends, I happen to be obsessed with them, and the best wings you're going to find in the state of Wyoming come from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings, and it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're amazing. And the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. Morton Buildings is one of the leading metal building companies in America. They manufacture a lot of their own materials, and they've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter if you need a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena so you can do all of that rodeo stuff when it's 23 below zero, or perhaps a giant warehouse for your business. You should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. Just tell them what you're thinking, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. And now, the conclusion to our program. We've been talking with Joey Carrenti over the, the whole hour of this program about things that are true, narratives, and bullcrap that you've been told. And a lot of times you hear a lot of pundits try to tell you what to do. Well, you have to do this. You have to get out and protest. You have to do whatever. And you never see them put their money where their mouth is. Well, my friends, on, on May the 10th, I'm going to drop a gigantic episode, a gigantic story that's going, to, that's going to involve the entire state of Wyoming. I'm going to show you how it's so important to speak the truth. I'm going to bring it to you. Um, and it's something that I've been working on for a very long time. I can't give you too many details because I don't want to ruin the surprise. But on May the 10th, mark it on your calendar. I'm going to drop a gigantic story that, uh, that you haven't heard before. So mark that on your calendar. Now, there's a video circulating on social media that perhaps perhaps you've, you've heard it, perhaps you haven't, um, but it leads directly to the next thing that I want to talk about, and frankly, it's a topic that I can't seem to escape, but it's yet another narrative um, that we are being bludgeoned with. So we'll listen to the video, and then, Joe, I'll let you respond first, and then we'll go into the article I have on where I think that this narrative is trying to take us. Hello, my name is Lindsey Graham and I am a cat. Meow, meow. I'm not a woman dressed as a cat. I am a cat. By show of hands, I'm curious, uh, how many of you believe and confess that I'm a cat? Great. I am, by show of hands, I'm curious, how many of you believe that your child or a child from this school would believe that I'm actually a cat? 
No one. You are right. Why? Because you are not stupid, and these children are not stupid. Truth prevails over imagination. Reality exists. Discernment is innate and something we are biologically wired to have. One look at me, and you know this to be true. I am a woman posing as a cat. You may also think correctly that if I truly believe I'm a cat, I have a mental disorder. If I suffer from a mental disorder, and if I am unable to discern reality, am I safe to be around children? Would you put me in charge of making critical decisions about the safety and well-being of children and about the direction of their education when I cannot even discern truth from fiction? Confession. I'm not actually a cat, guys, just because I say I am. You've not agreed to or committed to addressing me as a cat simply because I demand it. No tail, whiskers, or outfit makes me a cat. Just like no lipstick, high heels, or long hair makes him a man, a woman. It is just as biologically impossible for me to become a cat as it is for a man to be a woman. And you have one job as members of this school board, and it's defined as this. School board members are responsible for broad, forward-thinking, minute analysis and decisive action in all areas that affect students and staff in their schools. I ask you, do you believe that the actions of a grown man playing dress-up as a woman affects the students and staff positively or negatively? A public school is not the place for social experiments in altered realities or gender ideologies. It is not the place to celebrate a grown man with a mental illness, dressing as a woman, and teaching kids lies. Children come to school to learn facts and truths about reality, including unchanging biological truths about science and nature, not to learn that they can change biological realities and become anything they want in the name of diversity. What you're actually doing is worse than just lying to our kids. You're forcing them to be participants in your lie, in your charade. You're forcing them to deny what they see with their eyes, and you're forcing them to speak lies. I ask you again, am I a cat? And if you say no, then the mindset must be aligned with your discernment across the board. By allowing a falsity to be displayed and paraded around the school, you teach children that truth is not existent, facts are not real, and biology is a lie. You fail at your job, your only job, by confusing children and teaching them untruths and to coddle a grown man playing dress up as a woman. If you were to address me as a cat right now, it's as ridiculous as when you say Miss Bixler and a grown man's voice comes thundering over the... Thank you. There is truth and there are lies, period. There, there, it's black and white. There's no difference. Joey? Well, I'll tell you, I picked a hell of a year to quit drinking. That's, that's where I have to start. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, I love that because it does what I like to do. I like to kind of draw a story or a picture in people's minds so they can really see what I'm talking about, not look for minute points of grammar or I don't know, whatever to, to attack and argue. So what happened here was a picture was drawn for you. And it's a picture that really points to the two questions I always ask. Now I'm going to say this and some people are going to cheer and some people are going to be pissed off, but I hope everybody really listens. It is okay. It is legal to dress up as anything you want, but that does not automatically make it a requirement for other people to accept support fun or legislate in favor of and as far as you know individuals being transgendered i'm not going to take uh, an approach from a religious standpoint saying well that's not what god intended that should be obvious because you were born what you were born and whether you believe in god or mother nature or you know whatever you were created and born the way you even if it's just your parents choice that's what you are and the way we prove that with all these other arguments is if, if there was a crime committed and the police took your DNA, what would your DNA tell the police to look for? And then further, if we say, okay, well, those can be corrupted, that can be, you know, screwed up anyway, shape or form, the lab might come up with, okay, let's say you die out in the desert, beautiful red desert of Wyoming, and you're covered by the sands and 400 years from now, they dig you up and they look at your bone structure and uh, they pull all of the data they can archaeologically um, off of your skeleton. What would they classify you as? At that point, you can go ahead and dress up and pretend to be anything you want. 
Do not expect me to give you an audience. Do not expect me to give you support. Definitely don't expect me to take taxpayer money and fund your special interest or your quote-unquote medical needs. And do not expect me to support legislative efforts to give you special protections, special rights, and special access to things because I don't care what your circus looks like. I don't have to buy a ticket to it. Exactly right. Now, when I started this long journey about all of this stuff, um, you know, it, it began with researching library books. I heard about a book called uh, Lawn Boy. And quite frankly, my friends, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever read. And I only read three pages of it. So I wanted to find out where that book was. And lo and behold, I found it in 16 libraries across the state. And I found it in an elementary school in Carbon County, Wyoming. Yes, you did. Where Joey's an from. An elementary and, and school now we're being in, in the district that was represented for over a decade by the former principal of the school that that book was found in, who swore voted and swore he voted as and was repeatedly elected as a true Christian conservative for over a decade. Exactly right. Now, I, I mean, that that is one of the small victories we've had, Joey, is that book isn't in that school anymore, at least as, as far as I can find out. Um, but I am, my friends, I am done with, you know, pandering to people, though I hardly ever pandered to them. I'm done saying that, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, calling a he a she and a she a he, I'm done with it. We need to speak truth and we have to do it um, you know, in our personal lives, in our professional lives, at the university, in our local schools. Because if we don't, let me tell you where it's going to lead. From The Blaze this morning in an article entitled Trans Democrats Bill May Allow Minnesota to Treat Pedophiles as a Protected Class. And I quote, Degenerates sexually attracted to children may soon enjoy special treatment as a protected class in the state of Minnesota on account of a new Democratic bill. The Human Rights Act is a state law pro prohibiting discrimination in, quote, employment, housing, public accommodations, public services, education, credit, and businesses, and is enfor enforced by the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. Now, this is the important part. That act, which is law right now, says it presently makes it clear in subdivision 44 under under. 363A subsection 3 definitions that, quote, sexual orientation does not include a physical or sexual attachment to, to children by an adult. Transvitic State Representative Leah Fink, which you heard about her, him, see, even I get confused. Well, you heard about him earlier because he was named Woman of the Year by Minnesota USA Today. Here's what, here's what his bill wants to do, quote, Fink's bill specifically targets subdivision 44 and would remove the clarification that sexual orientation, a protected class under the law, excludes pedophiles. This gender ideology leads to laws being written that specifically endanger your children. And the things that are being done to them right now, even in the state of Wyoming, and to deny that um, is, is to deny reality because it absolutely is happening in the state of Wyoming. But this is the terminal result of this, this evil, <laughs> wrong ideology. And I don't think that we can call it anything other than what it is. I mean, it's a lie. It's uh, claiming that a man be can, can become a woman and that a woman can become a man. And you're teaching little children who, by the way, at some point in their life, probably believe that they're a pony, that they can change their gender. A vast number of these surgeries um, end up in life-altering and debilitating diseases. It's a proven fact that 60% of these surgeries lead to early-onset osteoporosis. And here we are having to have a conversation as to whether or not it's, uh, it's okay to completely alter a child's life with a radical surgery when they're a very young child. So, so Joe, I mean, given all of that, I mean, the, the only solution to me seems that we cannot let these people get elected. Uh, no, we can't. And we, we need to focus on how people get elected uh, to represent us. And we need to remember, we're not electing people to go forth and take what they believe and do what they want with it. They are taking not only our principles that we're saying 
we're voting for you because you believe these principles. But look at the Constitution. They are taking our inherent power as the true base of government to go administer the government on our behalf in order to increase liberty and decide what should and shouldn't be funded to better our own personal responsibility as citizens of the state of Wyoming. The state of Wyoming is not its own individual entity. The state of any state where these uh, rules, I guess, Minnesota, they are not an individual entity. They are a bureaucratic and um, judicial, legislative and executive representation to administer the government on our behalf. Now, the thing you said about this individual about being voted the woman of the year, you know, that's where we're going to start getting the people. Over the last five years, a biological man has been voted the woman of the year in multiple magazines, has won, you know, first place or world champion titles in multiple sports, and is now being shoved down our throat as, you know, the feminist ultimate loss. Now we have evidence and it is being supported by the left that biological men are apparently better than biological women at everything, including being women. And that is an atrocity. And that is something that should anger and incite and invigorate, especially strong rural Wyoming women who say, you know what? We have decided what womanhood is. We can show you that we can be kind, nurturing and caring and also Meet the wolf at the door. We are what women are. And when you dig up our bones in 500 years, all of your tests will also show that we are women. So women everywhere should be pissed off. Absolutely. Women, even biological women on the left, because they are supporting and seeing a system that says biological men are better at everything. And we are now going to codify them taking your children away from you for their own sexual pleasure as opposed to allowing you to be a mother and protect your children. It should enrage every woman everywhere. And if you, if you live in the state of Wyoming, I mean, we're all told, well, this is the equality state, but very few people understand what that means. I mean, they just say, well, you know, we were the first to give women the right to vote. And that's, that's absolutely true. We were, but how it happened is far more important than what actually happened. I mean, it was Esther Hobart Morris, a female judge in Wyoming, the first the first female judge in America that, that helped foster that through. And, you know, like Joey said, it's like like Wyoming women should absolutely be furious about what is being done to them. And I'm glad that you brought up the Constitution because and I, and I kind of like to end here. You know, we, we talk about politicians on this program all of the time, and I try to give you solutions as to as to what we can do, what normal people can do. Um, Article 7, Section 20 of the Wyoming Constitution. Let me just read it to you. As the health and morality of the people are essential to their well-being and to the peace and permanence of the state, it shall be the duty of the legislature to protect and promote these vital interests by such measures for the encouragement of temperance and virtue, and such restrictions on vice and immorality of every sort as are deemed necessary to the public welfare. If your representative, if your senator or your your uh, state representative is not following Article 7, Section 20, you need to get out there and, and tell everybody that you know and explain to them why that, that piece is in the Wyoming Constitution. That is our duty, and it is essential to, and what the Constitution says is that it is essential to the permanence of the state that we do this. I mean, this isn't something, my friends, that we can sit back and say, well, you know, it's crazy town now, but it'll all work itself out. I just read you an article or referenced an article for you as to what the terminal result of all of this is. And if, and if we don't all stand up as a group and speak the truth, this is true, this is not, then that is where we're going to end up. We're going to end up debating laws as to whether a grown person can have sexual relations with a child. I mean, that is the evil that we're talking about. So we've gone a little bit over, but Joey, I'll go ahead and give you the final word on this and uh, wrap it up for us. 
Well, again, I love that that's in the Constitution, but I really am wary of the current makeup of the legislature being responsibility for the morality of the state through a vote in which I give them, which makes it my duty and everybody's duty to truly know the ins and outs of the individual you're voting for and sending to our state legislature, because once they codify it, if a court doesn't challenge it, no matter how wrong it is, it's still law. And it stays law even long after the Supreme Court or the federal law changes. Right now in Wyoming books, marriage is still between a man and a woman. They've taken judicial relief from the Supreme Court saying, oh, same-sex marriage is okay, and they've never changed the law. I challenge the legislature to do its job when a court changes something, change the law, and then have the people decide whether they still want to vote for you after you've changed the law to meet all of these liberal ideals that shouldn't be codified and should not force voters and taxpayers to support and subsidize all these bad ideas. Now, one last thing about something different. You spoke about it. There's going to be a meeting in Sheridan about uh, Wyoming property taxes. If you can't make the meeting, even if you can make the meeting, right now is the time to look at your tax bill and protest it. You have got to send a formal protest of your bill to the address of the assessor that is on your bill. And you have to do this by the middle of May. If we do not have enough individuals in each county protesting their individual bill, then we will not have any recourse to address it through the assessor's office, the county commissions, the state legislature, or the courts in the future. So we need to get as many people as possible across the state, say, I don't understand why I'm paying so much more I protest this bill. I need you to give me a breakdown on why this is happening. Because in Wyoming, the tax rates haven't changed. The assessment of each property and how it's assessed has changed. And not all of them are being assessed equally, even if they're right next door to each other. Good point. And again, if you're around Sheridan uh, tomorrow, that's Friday the 28th from 6 to 9 at the Ramada Inn. The Equality State Taxpayers Association is going to be holding a, uh, a public forum discussion. Um, it would be well worth your while to attend it because Joey's right. We absolutely have to do something about our property taxes because, once again, our legislature won't. And the best way to do that is to protest the tax bill that you got in the mailbox and say that, you know, this isn't right, this isn't fair, and protest it. Well, Joey, thanks again for coming on the program and spending an hour with me. I think it was a fantastic show. Um, Again, uh, mark your calendar for May the 10th. There's going to be a gigantic episode that I'm going to drop, and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and uh, and show you what is the truth and and let the chips fall where they may. Um, For now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson along with Joey Carenti, and this is Cowboy State Politics.